Hey everybody, this is Isaac Arnold and welcome to the Daily Reflection Podcast. This is about letting go. This is about getting out of the results business. At its heart, I read this and I I, I hear the serenity prayer. Grant me serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. There's a lot of things I can't change and I need to be okay with that. That does not equate to inaction. That means looking at things that I can change and just do the next right thing. Welcome to the Daily Reflection Podcast. My name is Michael Lynn from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And I'm Lee McGinnis from Leesburg, Virginia. As members of the recovery community, we created this podcast as a way to provide experience, strength, and hope through the lens of the Daily Reflection book. Each day, we interview members of the recovery community in the hope that their experience may provide inspiration. We value inclusion and diversity, and we really want to provide a platform for all the voices of recovery. We aren't affiliated with any 12-step or recovery program, but you may hear these mentioned throughout the course of an interview. Hey, before we get to the show, I'd like to ask a favor. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, it'd be great if you could leave us a comment or a rating. This is going to do a couple of things. It's going to help us expand our reach and improve the show. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today is November 1st, and as usual, we have a guest in the studio. Isaac, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on the podcast. Thank you. Great to be here. Great to be of service. Fantastic. And uh, today we're reading The Daily Reflection for November 1st. Isaac, would you get us started? Yeah. November 1st, I cannot change the wind. It is easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. We are headed for trouble if we do, for alcohol is a subtle foe. Alcoholics Anonymous, page 85. My first sponsor told me there were two things to say about prayer and meditation. First, I had to start, and second, I had to continue. When I came to AA, my spiritual life was bankrupt. If I considered God at all, he was to be called upon only when my self-will was incapable of a task or when overwhelming fear had eroded my ego. Today, I'm grateful for a new life, one in which my prayers are those of thanksgiving. My prayer time is more for listening than for talking. I know today that if I cannot change the wind, I can adjust my sail. I know the difference between superstition and spirituality. I know there is a graceful way of being right and many ways to be wrong. Okay. So Isaac, before we begin, what is your sobriety date? Uh, April 10th, 2013. I don't know the the title. I cannot change the wind. It's an interesting one. Uh, What do you think about that and, and the reflection in general? Yeah. So um, early in sobriety, there was a buddy of mine. I got sober down in uh, Houston, Texas. And um, there's a buddy of mine. He lives in Miami now. And he said essentially the same thing beat for beat. He was kind of an outdoorsy surfer guy. And he said, I can't control the wave, but I can control how I ride it. And it's the exact same analogy, but that's what I heard in early sobriety. So that's what what stuck with me. And um, I mean, to me, this is this is about letting go. This is about getting out of the results business. At its heart, I read this and I, I, I hear the serenity prayer, right? I like grant me serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. There's a lot of things I can't change, and I need to be okay with that. That does not equate to inaction. That means looking at things that I can change. And again, just to keep using these uh, very common terms that get thrown around, just do the next right thing. So that's, that's what I think when I read that. The challenge, I guess, with the serenity prayer is, you know, getting that wisdom to know what you can change. How do you work on that? How do you know what you can change and what you can't? 
it's a process. Um, I, I think like a lot of people, when I, when I first got sober, I had perfected sort of the ostrich syndrome, ostrich syndrome approach to life. And it was easy for me to look at the serenity prayer and think of that as an out. Like, oh, oh, I can't change it. I don't, I don't need to, I don't need to worry about it. And then through some trial and error, uh, you find out that that's not the case. You know what? I'll, I'll just give the most recent example. I mean, as, as we're recording this, uh, in-person meetings have just started back up recently. Uh, back in 2020, when everything shut down, it was a buddy of mine who, before Zoom had sort of uh, become the norm, he reached out to a handful of us and said, hey, guys, I'm really missing my meetings. Would y'all mind hopping on Zoom? Just, you know, the six or eight of us just to, just to get some talk, just to get some fellowship going. And uh, that blossomed into into something that's still going on. And that, to me, is it in a nutshell. Like, obviously, nobody had control over the birth of a global pandemic. But what we did have control over was whether or not we chose to engage in in, in the fellowship, whether or not we were willing to find a way to to keep that aspect of our lives um, uh, present. Yeah, that's a beautiful example of, you know, how you can... Uh, find ways that you can change things and, and jumping into action to to support those. The reflection also talks about prayer and meditation. And um, I'm curious, what are your thoughts on prayer and meditation? And what role do they play in your recovery program? If I'm being honest, it's something I struggle with. It was easier early in sobriety for me. Um, when I first got sober, <laughs> the, the, the bar was so low that it was very, very easy to see miracles around me every single day. Just getting to a meeting was a miracle. Checking my mail, brushing my teeth. these I I viewed these as divine acts because they were things I was uh, incapable of doing uh, uh, before I got sober. that was eight and a half years ago. And and, and through the gifts of, of, of sobriety and recovery, my life's kind of I almost said my life is stable. I just moved halfway across the country to start a new career. I don't know if stable, but <laughs> relatively, <laughs> relatively speaking, um, my life is 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 stable now, and 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 it doesn't get too high and it doesn't get too low. I, I it, it never gets beyond what I can bear, and it talks about it in the daily reflection where it says, you know, if I considered God at all, He was to be called upon only when my self will was incapable of a task or when overwhelming fears had eroded my ego. I don't face overwhelming fears as much anymore. And as a result, I've I've heard my alcoholism called a disease of forgetting. That's a term I've used. It's if I'm not careful, if I don't kind of make it mechanical, I forget. And uh, and so the advice that I've been given that I try to follow is, you know what? Some days it's going to be mechanical. Not every prayer, not every meditation is going to be this great spiritual epiphany where, you know, you know, all of the questions become clear. Sometimes it's just, I'm doing this because it's what I need to do. Mm. And the idea is to keep the tools from getting too rusty for that day when I really, really do need it. I've heard people talk about reaching out to people in the fellowship as if they stop that, the phone gets really heavy. It gets too heavy to pick up. I, I, I don't want, I don't want that to have my prayer life. I don't want that to have my meditation life. I don't want that to feel like some impenetrable wall, some method of communication that I've lost. Uh, even if at times it's just a quick serenity prayer, 
you know, if I can tick that box, that's that's better than saying nothing. It's almost like we need prayer and meditation less, although its importance doesn't diminish. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. In 2013, I'm sure that you needed to have some power greater than yourself in your life. And that made it easier to to kind of give up your will and, and seek out something more powerful. But um, tell me a little bit about what was happening in 2013. Yeah, so... Um... Like a lot of people in the rooms, I mean, I or, or, I, or, I I identify as an alcoholic, but certainly I had a side side interests as well, um, and um, it driven a wedge between me and my family. I, I didn't have any. I was I was very very much alone. The um, probably one of the more extreme examples was I was living in an apartment and uh, I hadn't paid rent, and they came to evict me, and. I hid in the closet underneath a mountain of dirty clothes because God knows I wasn't doing laundry at the time. Um, and they couldn't find me. <laughs> and they put one of these locks on the outside of the door that kept you from twisting the lock to get in. But I could still get out. I could kind of tape the latch and get back in. And that was the happiest I'd been in a while because I knew no one was going to come and look for me because I, I, I knew I was, you know, there was that lock on the door. Um, I'd never been happier than when I was alone in a, in an evicted apartment. Um, that really should have been my bottom, but it was like four months later that I finally, um, they pawned everything of value and, 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 uh, this is a family disease. I, 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 I was familiar, uh, uh, with various programs of recovery through, uh, through my family. And I, I, I reached out for help. And if I'm being completely honest, I reached out selfishly. I thought, um, well, if I do this, they'll think I'm sick and you can't yell at a sick person. <laughs> um, uh, but I, I was completely out of options. I showed up into a room and I heard people laughing and I, I, I saw people enjoying themselves. And for an hour, I, I didn't feel like I wanted to die. And that was enough that, that to me was such a, new and different feeling that they gave me this little book of all of the different places I could go every single hour of the day. And I went to another one and, and I went to another one and um, I'm almost hesitant to say there's, there's a saying around the program that, you know, not everybody has a burning bush moment, right? Not everybody uh, sees the presence of God immediately in these rooms. And I know for a lot of people, they struggle. So I'm almost hesitant to say, but it's true. I, I very much had that burning bush moment. Um, my name, Isaac, literally translates to laughter. I hadn't laughed in in in, in months. And all of a sudden, within three minutes, I'm I'm laughing with these people. And I'm, I'm laughing about things that I should be crying about. <laughs> um and I, I'm actually getting choked up uh, uh, talking about it. Um, it was never clearer that I had been put exactly where I needed to be. Fast forward, I, I'm getting some time. I get my first job. The job gets rescinded because of a DWI on my record. I call my sponsor and, and I say, I'm so mad. I'm so mad. I'm so mad. He goes, well, have you, have you prayed about it? I was like, prayer's not going to get me this job back. What do you mean if I pray? Just, just be quiet. Go get on your knees, pray, call me back in 15 minutes. 
I get my knees and I, and I snot, sob and not like graceful crying, like snot nose, you know, the whole thing into, into the mattress for like 10 minutes. And I call him back and he said, uh, what do you think? Well, I feel better. It's like, sometimes that's all it takes. And yeah, I didn't get that job. Wasn't the end of the world. I'm that, that was eight years ago. I'm, I'm, I'm three jobs removed from that job. (laughs) But the point was well taken. That was my first interest. Uh, that was my first uh, uh, a sort of influx of I'm not praying for results. I'm praying for, for strength. I'm praying for guidance. I'm praying to not be alone in whatever I'm going through. What a great story. And what I'm hearing is, you know, you had a set of tools before the program. And those were, you know, hiding, <laughs> hiding <laughs> <your> dirty clothes. <laughs> Um, you know, avoiding people, uh, lying, you know, stealing from people. These are all tools that, um, as addicts, we're all very familiar with, and they're, they're a handy set of tools, so easily accessible. But today in, in the after state, it sounds like prayer, sponsorship, program, the fellowship, these are all tools that you're leveraging today. What other tools and, and maybe talk about your program today? There's a running gag whenever I, whenever I lead a meeting that no matter what, topic you give me, I'm going to turn it into fellowship. Um, but, uh, but that's probably the biggest one is, um, you know, I talked about prayer, making me not feel alone. Um, by reaching out to like-minded people, by having a phone full of people, I, I never have to feel alone in a situation. Um, that's a big tool. I, 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 I rigorous honesty keeps me from digging holes deeper than they need to be. That's a big tool because I, I still have inside me the person who wants to hide under dirty clothes uh, when things go wrong. That person is not gone. Um, what I do is I build, I build structures around me to put me in a position to succeed. Um, I, I, I alluded to the fact I'm, I'm as we record this, I'm sitting in, uh, in uh, North Carolina. Um, I got sober in Houston, Texas. I'm I'm a native Texan with the exception of four years in high school. I lived in Texas my whole life. Um, I had a roommate for a couple of years in, in Houston, who's from North Carolina when the pandemic hit and it took my business and everything that I created kind of with it. I looked for opportunities and he reached out He said, Hey, you'll know somebody up here. Why don't you come up here? So the fellowship gives me, a freedom of movement. It gives me a, a, a freedom to like, not again, if, if the goal is to get out of the results business, one of those things should be for, forcing myself to think, Oh, I need to stay here. I need to be here. My job needs to look like this. One of the gifts of just being honest with people and bringing people into your lives and cultivating these relationships is it makes it clear that that's not the case. Wherever I go, if I don't know somebody there, I know where to find people, right? I know where to find my people. Um, so on a, on a day-to-day, it's, it's phone calls, it's, it's prayer and meditation, it's, it's honesty. And, um, and when I can, now that we're sort of transitioning back to the normal times, uh, face-to-face, face-to-face with people, just getting out of myself. That's, that's the name of my recovery game. <laughs> mm, yeah. Powerful tools. Tell me a little bit about, you know, your concept of a higher power. It's rooted in, in what we're talking about. We really haven't called out, you know, what that means to you. 
Yeah, well, um, I call my I call my higher power God, and um, I I grew up in a very just run of the mill Episcopal household, um, and never really gave it much of a second thought. That to me was what a higher power looked like, um, and I drifted farther and farther away in my using to the point that um, I became convinced that I never doubted that there was a God, but I was pretty sure I was beyond saving. The idea of a benevolent God extending as far down the line as I had gone had uh, had left me. I, I got sober, and it is not necessarily the usual experience, but I found that the spirituality of my childhood still fit. What I also found out is that, you know, it fits, but it's malleable. You know, it it is it is it is not a, 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 a it is not a rigid structure for me. If 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 I don't follow the <laughs> strict tenets of the Episcopal faith, it does not mean that my higher power has abandoned me. What it does mean is, for me, there's a very easy way to go look and find my higher power, um, and for that, I'm very grateful. But uh, but more than the name on the outside of the building is. Um, the return of the idea that uh, my relationship with God is a personal one, that God does not exist as some all encompassing being with general concerns over humanity as a whole. God exists to pull me out of the gutter. Uh, God uh, was there when I was hiding under dirty uh, clothes. Uh, uh, God was there at my first meeting. Uh, He was there the night before my first meeting (laughs) Uh, and he will be there uh, he's here now. He'll be at my next meeting. He's he, he's there for for uh, me personally, which is really good because uh, 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 my self will doesn't do so great. So I'm, I'm glad to hand stuff off to him. And again, what a beautiful tool to be able to rely on that. There are a lot of different folks listening to the podcast today, and some of them may still be spending time under a clothes pot. What would you say to yourself? Knowing what you know today, what would you say to that to that Isaac hiding under the pile of clothes? So I was I was I was warned before I came on this podcast uh, by a friend to not over prepare, um, but I couldn't help myself. I I, I looked at I, I went through a, a county website in Williamson County, Texas, and was able to find a photo of me uh, in my not proudest moment. And I looked at a photo of me now, and it struck me I. I don't know that I could describe what I'm going through now and be believed. Um, But the thing that comes to mind is I was so afraid to give up alcohol because it's all I had left in my life. And my thought was, if I let this go, I have nothing. And I was so afraid. uh, And and one of my closest, dearest friends in sobriety said this, I'm I'm cribbing from him. Dennis, if you're listening, I'm stealing your saying. (laughs) I was so afraid that my life was going to get smaller and it has gotten bigger than I could ever imagine. Hmm. There is joy to be had. There is laughter to be had. All of those things that you're afraid if, if you give up alcohol or drugs or whatever it is that you won't have again, you'll have them back. You probably don't have them now. <laughs> yeah. uh, my life didn't just return to where it was before I got, uh, uh, before I, really got deep in my disease. It, it grew. Um, 
that is a long-winded answer. I don't know that I could uh, hold my own attention that long. So I'd probably have to be quicker and just say, listen, you're going to laugh again. That'd probably be the, that, 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 that might get through, that might get through the pile of clothes. <laughs> yeah. That's hopeful. And I think, um, yeah, I probably, before I got sober would have a difficult, difficult time believing where my life would go as a result of getting sober. So I completely relate. Do you work with, uh, with other men today? Yes. Well, I, well, I just, I just moved to Chapel Hill. And so I'm, um, I'm kind of struggling to find to find my people here. Not struggling that in but I'm 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 working to grow my fellowship here. Um what I would consider my home group is a newcomers meeting. Um, because even though I'm not a newcomer anymore, well, I'm a newcomer to the area. And uh, a lot of times I find that the um some of the best shares come from people who were where that's still fresh, who are still seeing those miracles uh, on a daily basis. So um I'm not currently sponsoring right now. I'm I'm hoping to. Uh, but it has been a part of my program. Mm. What has been your biggest challenge in recovery? Actually, on on brand with the topic, uh, oddly enough, I feel very equipped through the gifts of the program to handle big monumental changes. What I'm less good at is the small things. It is easy for me to think there's a global pandemic. My previous career. My career is, is, is event-based. Uh, there's nothing I can really do about this. Um, an unexpected vet bill or, you know, a, uh, you know, something that an overdraft fee that hits or, you know, a flat tire, those little day-to-day things. I'm supposed to turn those over too. And I struggle with that. And so I just hold them in those. It's like, oh, oh, it's fine. It's just a little bit of stress that it's giving me and I'll just hold it in and I won't let it go. And then those little things add up and all of a sudden I'm, I'm, I'm quick to anger. I'm spiritually unwell. A good barometer is how am I treating the person on the other end of the helpline? You know, I've gotten a lot better at that, but um, um, that's something I struggle with is, is I don't just have to turn the big things over. So what do you do as a result of that? Let, um, let's say, let's follow one of those examples through. Yeah. yeah I mean, you know, what, take any situation. Uh, generally, I, well, what I'm very grateful for is I have a friend group that I've kept, that, that I, we're very honest with each other about what our shortcomings are. And my friends know that. Um, during the pandemic, I, I went back to a, a, a school. I went to a little coding boot camp and there was an assignment that was giving me grief. I was fine. Wasn't going to sink me. Um, I called my buddy at 11.30 p.m. I said, uh, hey, I'm really up in my own head about this. I, I just need you to let me vent for a little bit just so I can say it to another human being to have a little bit of accountability. And I did. And it was like magic. All of a sudden, I heard myself saying that I was concerned about this one small thing in a three-month course. And the power that it had over me left. I I, I I spoke to another man honestly and openly about what was what was uh bothering me. I mean, gosh, it's 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 almost like that's one of the steps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, intensive work with another alcoholic. <laughs> it's almost like that's that's valuable. Uh, incredible. I, I love it, and I love that you went to a coding boot camp. What was that like? Did that you, have was... you have you embarked on that career? 
Yeah, well, so now I run after I, I'm the director of a program that uh, runs after school programs to teach coding to kids, which is absolutely wild. Um, I failed out of college with back to back zero point zeros because uh, active alcoholic um, every single time I had tried academics, I had crashed and burned post high school. And so it was scary to go back, especially I, I was an English major. I'm a reader. I write in my spare time. I'm not a mechanical guy, but it just felt right. I, I, I set up a system. I kept people in my life. This was all virtual. So it would have been very easy to just not go to the laptop that day. So my friends in the program, I kept them abreast of what was going on. And um, I got through and... Now my career is teaching and and building camps to facilitate. It's wild. It 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 is. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 it makes it, the words it, the words coming out of my mouth don't match with my perception. My perception of myself has not caught caught up to the fact that I succeeded in coding boot camp and now I'm responsible for teaching kids. That is that still feels alien to me. <laughs> That is a phenomenal career. You and I have a lot in common. Uh, I, I pretty much failed out of every attempt at, you know, post high school education. And uh, that's what I do today as well. We, we, we do some similar work. So pretty fascinating. Awesome. So Isaac, what advice would you have for, for anybody else listening? Uh, what, what do you want the audience to know? I, I didn't know this. Uh, nobody is beyond redemption. It's never too late. And People you don't even know are, are rooting for you right now. Isaac, well, thank you so much for spending time with me, sharing your experience, strength, and hope. It's been a great conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to find us online, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash Daily Reflection Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Reflector. You can read stories of recovery from our community at blog.dailyreflectionpodcast.com. Please don't forget to give us a rating on your podcast app. We greatly appreciate it. Have a great day.